Welcome to It's Always Day One. My name is George Reed, a former Amazonian turned Amazon consultant. Each week on the podcast, you're going to hear industry experts, brand owners, and Amazon employees share their answers to the basic yet fundamental questions you should be asking yourself about your Amazon business. Now, let's jump in. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me today on another episode of It's Always Day One. Um, today, I'm really excited to welcome Francois, who's going to be going over some sourcing, purchasing, supply chain, all the sort of stuff that I'm actually completely hopeless at. Um, so, Francois, welcome to the show. Do you want to give us that 20-second background that we can dig in some questions? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it, it's an honor to really be on your show. Uh, my background's in industrial engineering and supply chain. So uh, I work with uh, Neviland, the director of business development here. I've uh, been with the company since the founding team, since we didn't have a platform, since we barely had a concept and idea. But the general gist of it is really just simplifying and, and streamlining supply chain and all facets of it. Uh, and doing so with technology uh, uh, based behind it. So having everything done one centralized platform, I think, is is so needed in the industry today. Uh, so that's a little little, I guess, synopsis of of where I am in life right now. <laughs> Men- mentally, emotionally, financially, work wise, all summarized beautifully. I like it. So what I want to dig into a little bit. And it's selfish, to be honest, because I would understand the supply chain a little bit more. You're somewhat an expert. So I'm going to ask some questions around that, if that's okay with you. Completely fine. And with that, hopefully we're going to deliver some actionable insights to, to the audience as well. So to kick things off, let's think about the current situation. What are some of the core challenges brands are facing with sourcing right now? And how can they look to overcome them? I see actually it's a it's a common trend. It's something that I've been noticing before COVID, uh, but I think was really highlighted during COVID, and that's uh, preparedness and willingness to put in the effort when you're starting your sourcing journey. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of businesses that want to continue doing business as usual, where they just say, hey, I want, uh, let's say, a water bottle, right? And they'll say, I want a water bottle, and it has to be insulated, and it has to retain heat and the cold for six hours. And those are all my requirements. Well, they'll approach a factory with that and they'll say, oh, I want this and I want, you know, 500 to start off and I promise I'll get bigger and this and that. And it's something that the factory has has heard and has been given the go around a few times, at least, to say the least. Of course. Um, The issue with that is that as soon as a factory receives that, they're probably receiving a dozen other requests exactly like that that are just sort of not really well thought out. I don't know what you want for packaging. Do you need a private design on it? What colors are you looking for? Um, you know, what is your tar- ideal target pricing? Because that, of course, has to do with quality. Uh, the cheaper that you go, it's it's hands down always going to be a, a cheaper product. I mean, that's just natural, right? Uh, there's always that cliche of I want the best quality at the best price, but uh, mm-hmm. no one wants to elaborate on what does that quality actually mean. <laughs> uh, so, it's uh, it's it's taking all these uh, facets of a project and spending a few hours and putting enough thought into them that if a manufacturer receives them, they can say, okay, they want you know a double wall insulated uh, uh, a tumbler and they need their own logo on the bottom of it and it has to have a stainless steel trim to it and it has to have a matte finishing 
and it's going to come in a double pack and we're going to have a blue and a pink for maybe a his and hers. Um, and that packaging is not going to have their logo. It's just going to have a sticker with their company brand on it. And they want 500 to start. Uh, you know, they have a budget of eight to $10,000. These are all questions that we dive deeper into with all of our users, uh, particularly on, on the first go round. Uh, but it's something that not enough businesses are doing when they're approaching suppliers on, let's say, Alibaba. Uh, and, and it's really uh, when we audit our factors and we ask them, hey, what are some of the pain points that we can help take away? That's one of the key things that they bring up. Just, hey, the quality of RFQs are just tanking. How can we get more you know, official requests? Uh, because when they get these requests, they see it as a half-assed, or well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I can say so it. Say you want. It, it, I it, don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's a half-assed effort. Right. And, and the, the, you can't expect a factory to stop everything that they're doing and a salesperson to get you a quote by working with their engineering team, by working with the products, uh, uh, product team on the floor and saying, hey, you know, these are all the parts and pieces. How much do you think we can give them? Um, so a lot of times you'll see a project that should only take about a week to quote out. It's going to take three to four weeks. Uh, and that's really because it's not prepared from the beginning. Uh, and that's where you'll see issues with, with that initial relationship building where the factory just doesn't want to deal with you. You're, you're asking a million questions. You're asking, you know, if I'm the factory, you're asking me to develop your product for you. Basically, I have to yank, uh, what you want for packaging out of you. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot to ask of for them. And when they have to do this for dozens of companies that are requesting the same thing, you need something that makes you stand out. And that one thing is always going to be preparedness. Uh, so I think that's, uh, sort of the trend that I've been noticing and that our factories have been uh, talking to us about. And in order to make this easier, not necessarily easier, in order to create templates, create systems, process templates, which is the only way to have really scale, in my opinion, I'm guessing there is a checklist or something or other that you typically have in mind that you go, well, you always refer to this. So we're answering these 50 questions and maybe drop it into an Excel sheet and maybe that is what you're sending over to the potential factory or three different factories. Would that be correct, correct way of thinking? 100%. And after this, I'd be more than glad to share this RFQ guideline and checklist actually with you. Um, I'll make sure I get Lisa on board with that and she'll get that over to you. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it, it highlights, you know, what are some of the common product uh, specifications that we look for? Uh, what is something that maybe you didn't think about for packaging? So if it's a coffee mug, right, mm -hmm. and you're selling it for a brick and mortar store, then you can probably order about 50 per master carton. And you don't necessarily have to have each one individually wrapped with uh, styrofoam because they're, they're fairly safe. They're going into a container. They're going directly to a warehouse. They're going directly on a shelf. But when you're working with Amazon, you have to think about, hey, where is this? How is this going to be handled? Right. So now I have to think about the packaging and I have to think, hey, this should probably go into bubble wrap and then into styrofoam. And that box should be a little bit looser. That way it has some slack. And, you know, if it bumps around, it won't just immediately crush. Um, there's a lot more to think about. And in this guideline, uh, we touch on, you know, what are those product requirements? What are the packaging requirements? And what are the quality requirements? And emphasis on that quality requirements. Uh, so we have something called key quality indicators that I think everyone should add onto their to-do list, uh, onto any time that you're sourcing a product. Immediately think about, hey, what is someone 
going to really like about this, but more importantly, what are people hating about this product? What sort of one-star reviews are my competitors getting? Uh, you know, how are they going to use this? Is it going to break easily? Do I need to include some spare pieces or parts just to have a better experience for the customer? Uh, these are all questions that have to be asked and uh, upfront. Um, and, and one thing that I've, I've kind of been toting lately is, is creating this need and a wish list. And, and what I mean by that is that if you are sourcing those mugs, right, and you have a set budget, particularly for new Amazon sellers, they have a set, let's say $5,000, they can't spend more than $5,000 for the order. Um, and they know I have to order 700 units, they have to be X dollars. I can't go over this budget. They create a need list and a wish list. That wish list will have, hey, what is going to deliver the most amazing experience? If I got this product, if I opened it, it has maybe a little letter in it, and it has a nice, uh, even, you know, brand coloring throughout the entire thing. And when they unbox it, it's just this amazing experience, right? You, you can add all these uh, uh, really added values into the wish list, but think about what you need. What you need is a, a good quality mug. What you need is a, uh, a packaging that will protect it to get it to the door. Uh, what you need is a label for the FNSKU for your brand maybe on top of it. You don't necessarily need that card insert to test the market. Uh, so creating a need list and a wish list, I think, are, are very important. And as you grow, you can start to add more of that wish list to the need list. Uh, you could start to say, hey, maybe I will spend the extra 10 cents uh, for card inserts because now instead of ordering 200 units, I'm ordering 2,000 units and I'm getting better you know, pricing for shipping because I'm, now I'm using a full cubic meter instead of uh, paying for a few full cubic meter, but uh, uh, sort of amortizing that throughout 200 units instead of that 2,000. Really, really like that mindset behind the wish list and need list. And I think it's perhaps often overlooked people are probably taking very early on a lot of the wish list and dipping it into the need list. But I like how you're then reinforcing that of, we're just wanting to test the market to begin with, right? It's it's validation to the highest degree of, will people buy this? Is it going to meet a certain criteria? Have we overlooked right. something? Is there demand there? And that's where the need list comes in. When you kind of scale that up, then you look at that wish list and go, hmm, we now need to start building reviews for right. instance so we need to improve our review collection process through a very nice insert or we need to figure out a way to retarget people so we're going to change something on our packaging slightly so there's a nice qr code on it or we need to start getting additional clicks and i've just finished another podcast do we need to think about our packaging again because we're not getting enough clicks in the search results because our packaging isn't quite enough on that first image amongst all the competitors it doesn't quite stand out we need probably a new image because without the clicks there's no sale without no sale there's no business so i think it's a really good mindset that you've kind of um, pulled upon there so my question then following up to that is at what point should brands start having conversations with suppliers because some of the things in your wish list and need list completely make sense but when you talk about validation and things like that people coming to you at the moment some of the more successful brands have they done a lot of validation already or are they going we're going straight to the supplier we haven't really tested the idea we haven't built out an email list we haven't built out any following any assets nothing we're just going off our gut and we're going to supplier 
do you feel that's a waste of time? Kind of what the conversations you're hearing a lot for the more successful players? Yeah, I think it's it, it's definitely a um, I, I would say even a fifty fifty split. Uh, we we definitely work with the companies that are more than willing to invest in a full container load or half a container load of a new SKU. But it's usually because they have a firm understanding of the market, not necessarily the product. So they know, hey, these are uh, we already built out these email lists. We're selling on Shopify. We know that we can sell X amount. Um, so they're fairly certain that they're going to be able to sell through half a container. Um, and they understand also like they're going to get the best shipping rates if you fill up that half of the container and then you fill up the other half with items that you 100% know are going to sell. Uh, but we also have those that are uh, a little bit more reserved and, and want to test the market with, let's say, just 500 or, or 750 units. Uh, a lot of it, I think, comes down to strategy. Uh, some of the ones that start off with uh, those higher quantities, they're more willing to do giveaways, they're more willing to... Uh, you know, do what Amazon hates, which is sort of exchange a product for a review. It happens. I mean, it, it, it's there's no sugarcoating it. It does happen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, while those that are sort of uh, just trying to test the market very early on with just that 500 units, um, I think it, it, in a sense they do have their own need and wish list. They know, hey, we have to buy the product for this amount to be able to sell it for that amount. So what can we do to get there? And when they'll submit their RFQs to us, our product specialists will th- let them know, well, you know, we're about 15, 20 cents off of what your target is. What you can do is remove the card insert. What you can do is not go with a full custom packaging. Uh, so now we're getting back to the basics, right? What do you mm-hmm. need? Um, and I think it, it's it's exactly that. They, they realize that they don't need that custom packaging. They don't need that card insert. They need to validate the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's really a... It's split. It's based on what sort of resources you have, right? Everyone has a, a, a different amount of resources and how much risk you can take with those resources, whether mm-hmm. that be money, whether that be time. I mean, if you have the time and you order you know, 10,000 units, you could sell it over the next five years, I'm sure. Hit up a bunch of friends on Facebook, right? Join the Facebook groups. Um, but you know, if you have a goal, I want to sell these in the next six months, you might just want to start with those 500 units. And in those cases, you might just want to work with a trade agent or work with something that's less customized. Um, might be a little bit more expensive, but and, and you have less customizations on it, but it gives you that need. It gives you the need to test the market. Hey folks, it's George here. I'd like you to check out my new site, georges.blog. It's where you can find all of my famous weekly emails, as well as how we can work together. To repeat, that's georges.blog. Now, let's carry on with the episode. Are you seeing people more, particularly when they're first starting out, are they leaning into trying to get the best possible price, or more thinking... I just I don't mind paying 20-30% more because my quantity is very low but I know that I'm going to get this quantity in I'm going to get some good validation of people are willing to pay X for it I'm not going to make good margin to begin with my margin come in the end because that's always been my kind of thought process of going even if I pay £8 instead of 5 don't be tempted with the 5 just to get like the volume up and the better price because you've got no idea that your marketing is going to work. You've got no idea how quick it's going to take to get to Amazon, how it's going to take to get accepted, how long it's going to take your Facebook ads working or your advertising working. You don't know how long that's going to be. Competition can then increase. The market can change, whatever. And 
you could be in a completely different situation to go, well, let's be risk, um, uh, kind of lower, take a lower risk option, pay a little bit more, make no margin whatsoever, but prove the concept. Where do you see people more leading towards, or is it still a 50-50 split? Uh, I, I would say there's actually a third option out of those two options. Uh, and, and it's one that we see, I would say, with the majority of new Amazon sellers, or just e-commerce sellers in general. Um, and that's that they want a very low MOQ, they want a very, very low price. They want the price that you would typically get for a full container for a low MOQ. And they want the quality <laughs> that you would get at the best, you know, uh, retail big box store. And so it's, uh, it's, it's this little triangle where you, where you have to give on at least one of them. And if you're giving up on price, then you'll likely get a better MOQ, a better uh, quality. If you're giving up on quality, you're going to get a better price and likely a better MOQ. Um, so it's it's you you can't really have all three, and if you do find a factory that can give you all three, cherish that relationship. Uh, that that's the number one thing I can say because that is uh, similar to a unicorn, um, and it takes a while to get there. Uh, it definitely does. Uh, so I, I would say that the third thing that I always see new new sellers uh, sort of uh, uh, approach factories and approach. Uh, us in general with is that they do want those ridiculously low MOQs. I'm talking like 200 units of completely mm -hmm. customized products that would typically require <laughs> a tooling or molding. Um, and they don't want to pay for the molding or they don't, uh, let me take that back. It's not that they don't want to pay for the molding. It's that they don't understand what molding really is and they don't understand the tooling behind it. Um, and so I think it's an education thing, uh, but they do want the low MOQs, the great quality and the great pricing. And it's, it's very misleading because they will see that on the marketplaces. And I, I won't name the marketplaces, but it's the ones where you can see a hundred MOQ for two cents. And then you start talking to them and then they actually tell you, Oh, you want this many. It's actually 30 cents and, uh, they'll waste your time basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's somewhat misleading. Yeah. I, I completely see where you're coming from. It's a bit of a jungle out there for those getting started. If we talk about then terms just a little bit, and obviously the bigger you get, the better terms you're going to you're going to um, achieve. But how can brands get better terms from suppliers as a whole? What are things and questions you need to be asking? What are what leverage do they have? Um, how would you approach the conversation? We'd be kind of keen to hear your thoughts. So it's it's all about relationship when it comes to terms. Um, when it comes to pricing, it's all about how can you improve efficiencies. But when it comes to terms, it's all about relationships. So the number one thing that you can do uh, is stick to your guns and be honest when you're talking to your suppliers at all times um, and see it as a two-way street, uh, that there are going to be the good times and there are going to be the bad times. It's completely inevitable. If you do it long enough, you're going to run into issues. Right. The ones that don't run into issues, typically it's, it's, you, you haven't been in the game long enough. That, that's just, you know, that's going to be the case. Uh, it's all about how you handle that issue. Uh, so if the factory, uh, let's say made the wrong color and they shipped a whole container of the wrong color to you, are you going to point at the factory and, and wag your finger and say, Hey, you messed up. You have to fix this. Give me better this. Give me better that. Take all my items back. Or are you going to say, hey, okay, how can we fix this together? Uh, you know, I understand I can't sell these. You know, can I liquidate them? And then I'll use whatever I liquidate uh, for the next order. And then you have to give it to me at cost or uh, try to find the solutions with them. And I think uh, not enough businesses, particularly as they're growing, use that opportunity. Uh, they Instead, they use it as a, a uh, um, again, wagging the finger, 
you know, uh, pointing Strong the blame to them. Someone. Right, right. And that's a, it's a big opportunity missed when you do that. As you mm. grow with them, they're going to want to give you better terms uh, as they see the larger volumes. Uh, when they start to see, hey, you know, they started off with 500 units. Over the past year, they've grown 200%. They're expecting to grow, I don't know, let's say 200, 300% over the next year. Um, I understand this is affecting their cash flow. Uh, you know, telling them, telling them all of these things uh, while at the same time not just saying, hey, I don't have the money to finance my order. Uh, it's, hey, I want to take this as an opportunity to grow and to grow with you, not to grow with any other supplier. I want, I would like to give you the business because you've been treating me good. Um, and so as you sort of grow with them, make sure that you highlight the times that they do you know, a, a good job, the times that they do a bad job, find a way to work together through them. Um, and, you know, at that point, as you grow, you can start to sort of incorporate the conversation of, I know we're working on 30, 70 terms, but I have this new opportunity to, let's say, expand onto Shopify, and I need an additional 5,000 units uh, for Shopify. But right now, I'm really hoping to expand into, uh, let's say, net 15 terms after paying 50% up front. Uh, and, and, you know, they'll see that as an opportunity for them also to be able to produce more items. And as long as you've paid on time, as long as you haven't tried to strong arm them in the past, uh, as long as uh, you're, you're nice to them, I guess, is, a, is an easy way to say it. Uh, you know, cutting out all the fluff. As long as you're nice to them, uh, you treat them well, <laughs> uh, I, I think they will be more receptive uh, to hearing, uh, you know, you need better terms so you can grow. I think, yeah, like, I've been reading a lot of Dale Carnegie recently, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and there's so much to be said of just straight up being nice to people, building those relationships, building rapport, remembering small things, whether it's a particular time of year which is important to them, or whether it's their child's got the flu or his birthday or whatever. I think there's the small touches like that, but the overall consensus of, you're looking to build a relationship, a business relationship, yes, but also a personal relationship. Um, and however you can foster that relationship is is, uh, is only going to be uh, supportive of your, your business relationship. Um, that's, yeah, fantastic. I like, I like that summary there. Um, so my only kind of final question would be what... Um, what are your thoughts in terms of the biggest threat to an Amazon business right now? Um, a lot of the answers we get is related to Chinese suppliers coming direct. So I'm really keen to understand of where you see the big threats are and if that is something that you feel is um, a big concern for brands today. Uh, and I'm going to have to toot our horn a little bit here because this is something that we, we've been uh, uh, pushing for about uh, over a year now, uh, and that's education and supply chain. Uh, I think that is the biggest risk to most online businesses, actually. Uh, most businesses want to do things as usual. They want to run with this just-in-time manufacturing uh, uh, business where they have something being manufactured. They have just enough inventory to last them until that manufacturing run gets to the warehouse, right? And a lot of businesses don't want to have that carrying cost uh, uh, associated with their inventory by using something like a 3PL or having their suppliers hold inventory for them. Um, but uh, even though they are costs, uh, they're not necessarily, uh, uh, 
something that's bad for your business. They are investments into mitigating your risks. And that's what we're all about here, uh, actually. So I think it's educating yourself with what are your options and what risks are the... Are my, is my business actually taking right now? Uh, and, and I think when a business actually analyzes their supply chain, they'll see that they're taking tremendous risks by solely relying on Amazon FBA, by only having just-in-time manufacturing done, uh, by not having that additional inventory, uh, by only using one freight forwarder, um, by having, I mean, something uh, that I've heard a lot more recently for some reason, uh, and maybe it's just targeted towards me, uh, but I've seen a lot more people uh, uh, accept a supplier-based QC report, and the supplier will, the the factory will tell them, oh yeah, we're going to do the QC, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, Well, that's that's actually a a main cause for concern. Uh, You know, if they do QC, uh, and let's say you're a new seller, and you don't want to pay $200 to a QC third-party inspection company. You just want to just have QC done because you hear that you need QC. Well, now you're going to get those products into Amazon. Now you're paying FBA fees. Now you're going to start to get returns and reviews, one-star reviews for any products that actually failed QC, and you would have caught that while it's in China. Uh, and that's a risk, right? That's a risk that a business is willing to take. So uh, I think education and supply chain is one of the most important it's i think it's most important more important than ppc it's more important than uh inventory management just inventory management uh because i understand the marketing is important uh, of course uh, and advertising is important uh, but if you have a risky supply chain your supply chain just completely craps out you're not going to have any products to market <laughs> and that's what we saw in 2020 i think uh, because of covid yeah, I mean, it comes back to, I have an old kind of structure called the mountain strategy of operations, brand advertising, that operations are your your base. You build on top of it. Without that, you, you've got nothing. There's no point of advertising right. if you can't fulfill. There's no point of building a beautiful brand presence if your supply chain is never going to get the product and it's never it's never on, on offer. Um, really, really like that summary and the educational piece is huge. Um, Franz, well, I'm going to round things up there as I like to keep things short and sweet. Um, but thank you so much for 25 minutes of your time today um, and look forward to hopefully speaking in the future, mate. Yeah, 100%. I appreciate you having me on and uh, uh, thank you. No worries, pal. I'll drop some links to how people can connect with you afterwards um, and I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Ciao. Hey guys, just a quick one. If you are enjoying the podcast and either have some actionable next steps or new ideas, I'd really appreciate if you could, one, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. These are really, really important to us, as you probably know, being in the Amazon world. And two, if you're looking for additional support with your brand, head over to the website. It's always dayone.co.uk, where we've got links to other resources. That's all for now, guys. Speak soon.